You are listening to the Picard. This is a podcast all about Star Trek Picard, the brand new show from CBS. Pew, pew. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's wonderful. Uh, the voices you're hearing, I'm Dan Benjamin. To my left here is uh, Hattie Cook. Hi, Hello. Hattie. And across from me is Keith Ruckus. Keith, that's what you're going by? Keith Ruckus. That's my name. Welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you remembered. Thanks. So uh, <laughs> we're recording a little bit later than usual because of a, a travel schedule uh, hiccup thing that's my fault. And uh, I take I take the, the brunt and I can shoulder the brunt of that blame. You can... You see four days as a little late yeah okay just checking yeah 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 you're staring daggers at me I <laughs> it's, uh, that no i mean it's you know i could i can't it's hard very difficult to do it on the weekends when you have kids running around so sure. I just uh, well i don't have any kids you know ne- next time you could just you could just do it you know without me okay now speaking <laughs> of kids my son joel does want to be on the show he's asked multiple times can okay. he can he be on the show he wa- I watch, watch it together. Yeah, we watch yeah. it together sure so I, I said tentatively yes, but I thought, you know, I would. He's 12 and he has yeah. strong opinions. We need to find a good episode for him to really weigh I, in on. Exactly. You know? I was thinking. Maybe this, the finale? I don't know. I don't know. We should do a follow up or a Patreon episode where he reviews the short track where the kids are in school. I like that <gasps> idea. I like that That's idea a fantastic too. idea. Yeah. And also I, I, I someone else requested. Well, I, they didn't really request because they're not Demand. that kind of person. They kind of indicated strong interest. And I... Followed up by saying maybe, uh, but uh, our our friend, you know oh, who yes, I'm talking friend about, of the show, uh, Mr. W- um, Commander William Riker, I should say, yes, would like to be on the show. Mm-hmm. The actual real life Commander Riker, not Jonathan Frakes, the actor, but the real life William Riker. You'll see if that's it his ever, name. If it, <laughs> yes, he doesn't go by that. He has a stage name that he uses, uh, Zach, but okay. it's a different. I heard. <laughs> so I have a little feedback. Oh, great. Um, now, Hattie, look at this one before I read it. Did did I do this one last week uh, in the last episode, or did we not? Co- no, no, that, no, that one's new. Okay, that I, I hate I hate to make that mistake, Keith. Right. Well, when you're four days late, sure. Uh, <laughs> it all gets jumbled up in the memory. Uh, Karen writes in again. With it's Karen? Our Karen. Yes, our Karen. There's multiple emails from Karen in My this episode, Karen. and this I think I think Karen sent this one prior to last episode, but we didn't get to it. But uh, she says, hey, hey, uh, just a quick correction. Seven is supposed to be in the last four episodes of the season. Oh. IMDB, and, and she says, I know not always reliable, has listed uh, has it listed, but I'm pretty sure Ryan stated that it's some interview during the premiere blast as well. And uh, continues, y'all cracked me up last week. Sorry I wrote so much. Uh, so what do you call it if not a pod? Why is that? Is that bad terminology? Just curious. It's just uh, kind of. Jalan True, y'all. Which I feel like is the perfect sign-off. Yeah. Um, pod. Pod, Hattie. D- What's your take on pod? It sounds like something that might burrow under your skin and then release <laughs> its eggs or something. I don't know. I, uh, well, I like the full word. If podcast. I, I'm in total agreement. And if you think about uh, how podcasting started, it was referring to an iPod. It was talking about the iPod. And the casting was sending it away, casting out to pot to iPods everywhere. So if you're going to shorten it, you could call it. I would allow a cast. Yes. A cast, but never a pod because it was never a A, pod to begin with. Maybe you could refer to like, Hey, toss me my pod. AKA my iPod. So people, people who, who use it. I know it's gross. Isn't it? Keith's face. (laughs) 
people oh. who use the term pod, beer me my pod, bro. That's an indication <laughs> of their ignorance. They're demonstrating. And I don't mean this against Karen. Karen's fine. Nothing. Karen can do no wrong. This does sure. not apply to Karen, Karen is our angel. She's fine. Hmm. And I don't, I'm serious. This is not applied to her. This is all the other people who use the term pod. And the problem is you got Favreau out there, your boy Favreau. I love John Favreau. Okay, everyone loves him. Right. And we owe him a great debt. If sure. we're Marvel fans especially. Mm-hmm. He started calling his podcast a pod. I just made a new pod with special guest whoever. And that broke, shook everything loose <laughs> and everyone started calling it a pod after that. So right. I feel he's now done as much damage to podcasting <laughs> right. as he's he did benefit to, to entertainment uh-huh. industry. I'm Camp well. uh, Favreau. Good I'll call you. it a pod all day. Well, I'll just have to edit it all out. That's fine. Karen writes <laughs> in again uh, three or four days later. Great. Hey, all. Just thought I'd pop in with a correction. Oh, no. This is we the missed same. you, Karen. This is the, this is the, she's rewritten it. Again, it's the same email again, oh, okay. so that's fine. She's just clarifying Wait, for me. Wait, she said I, it twice? No, it's a different okay. email. Okay. Another email. Love the podcast. Five-star rating and review left on iTunes. This Yay. is what we asked Yay. for. So thank you. Thank you very thank, much. Thank, thank this thank is you. Uh, from Sandra. Um, Sandra. My non-Trekkie spouse watches Picard with me so he can get some canoodling in I'm while I'm stationary him. and bewitched by the show. As we watch, he tolerates me telling him what Dan, Keith, and Hattie surmised about the last episode. <laughs> Yay! And there have even been a few times when he asks, quote, so what did your podcasters think that meant? <laughs> Yay! Good. Biggest shout out to you and the show for properly calling out the Vasquez Rocks. Now that he's aware of it being a real place, on Earth, no less, we have to plan yes, a trip go. to the West Coast <laughs> to see the sci-fi and movie TV landmark area with the same last name, with the same spelling, L-L-A-P. Live long and prosper, That's baby. Right. So uh, thank you, Sandra, for, for the email. Got another one from uh, from Peter. Friends, thanks again for the great episode. If I could offer one tiny piece of friendly criticism, mm. it would be that last week's podcast was a little bit recap heavy. See, I feel that that's fair. I think that too. Scene by scene recaps are great for a bad movie pad podcast where the listeners aren't expected to have watched the material in question for an after show podcast. A thorough review of the plot doesn't add a ton of value as most listeners will have recently watched the episode. I've seen the panel style structure work well, where a host introduces a topic for discussion and throws it to the co-hosts. This has the advantage of highlighting the most interesting topics and ensures the talk time is more evenly distributed among the co-hosts. Keep up the good work, Peter. Uh, care to comment because i feel like that you're fair. the one that, that handles the recap the segment so that's uh, more i've you. actually been thinking uh we still recap but then we break down so instead of like going during. through the whole recap and then we talk about the episode we should slide the recap into the discussion we'll yeah. chop it up a little bit or yeah or you know you could like start doing the recap and then if there's something we w- that one of us has in our notes that we want to talk about just jump in then just say okay let's start stop here and like talk about this one oh, thing. i forgot to bring a bell i was going to bring a bell oh we need to order one. We used to but have one. I've had have two anymore. people IRL tell me they don't watch the show, but listen to the podcast. <laughs> and then they feel like, I don't need to watch the show because right. I know You've everything recapped. that happens. Right. So I'm uh, so always ordering. I'm, I'm gonna Ooh, order look at about. that one. You're ordering about. Well, that's too fancy. Do you want I like to, the smiling face one. Do you want me to hop in with my feedback? Uh, well, I have a little more. Do you have more? Oh, my goodness. I do goodness. have more. Oh, who wrote the... Uh, last, do less recaps email. What was their name? Picard. Uh, Peter, I mean. <laughs> Peter. Whatever. Peter Picard. Peter Picard. Uh, <laughs> you're right, Peter. <laughs> um, 
We'll just do half the show as feedback. We'll just keep reading emails right. and comments. Okay. Yes. This email is from Sean. Hi, Sean. Uh, FYI, the paper book that Rios is reading is Miguel de Unamuno, 1912, Tragic Sense of Life. Yes, I keep writing that down. Yep. Uh, Unamuno is how I'm supposed to pronounce it. Thank you, Sean. Uh, we saw the book cover in episode three, but he's still reading it a week later. You'd think autopilot space flight would give you more time for books. <laughs> and uh, Sean Maybe is he's dyslexic. You don't know. Sean. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> it's we right. don't know. Sean has given us a link to the non-paper version of the 1954 Dover <gasps> edition, which I'll be putting into the show notes uh, for those who would like to follow along at home. I'll put it in there. Um the book is a tough read. There's Latin, Greek, Italian, and Spanish sprinkled throughout the English translation. Oh. <laughs> cool. You don't you speak Latin, Hattie? Uh, Latin club member here in the house. Yeah, Represent. I took like Woo-hoo. four years of Latin. Nice. Say something in Latin. Say something in Latin. That's cool. Salve, quid agus. Oh. That sounds like Harry Hi, Potter. I like that. No. There's very um, subtle differences between that and the Harry Potter spells. Well, see, and that's, I mean, total sidetrack here, but. Personally, I think that's why nothing in Harry Potter sounds dumb is because it's actually pulled from Latin and the words actually mean what she's what a spell really? means. So 100%. it's like I don't know. I that's think that's so cool. why it's not stupid. Um, Just my opinion. Rio sums up the book for Girardi this week. My best attempt at a quote that suggests wait, Unamuno, Unamuno's relevance to the Picard story involving immortality versus death and the meaning of life, and which may be synthetics kind of idea. Quote. Why do I wish to know whence I come and whither I go? Whence comes and whither goes everything that environs me, and what is the meaning of it all? For I do not wish to die utterly, and I wish to know whether I am to die or not definitely. If I do not die, what is my destiny? And if I die, then nothing has any meaning to me. And there are three solutions. A. I know that I shall die utterly, and then irredeemable despair. Or B. I know that I shall not die utterly, and then resignation. Or C. I cannot know either one or the other, and then resignation in despair, or despair in resignation, a desperate resignation, or a resigned despair, and hence conflict. And he says, I'm going to have to think about that. Love the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Every time you said utterly, it just... I thought of a cow. And uh, <laughs> and so so that... I'm just so happy Sean's it. putting his lit degree to good use. I good know. for you, dude. All right, but that's all we've got for, for way of feedback. For feedback, Keith, week. what is your feedback? Yeah, you said First, you a tweet from Jordan Wachowski. <laughs> is it that, the image, Dan Benjamin, Daniel? Uh, that could be our cover art for this week if you want. <laughs> jonesing for those dulcet tones of an at Keith Ruckus episode recap. Need some of that sweet, sweet hashtag the Picard. I said, definitely tomorrow, please blame Dan Benjamin. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> to which he responded, the dude abides with a picture of Kirk yelling calm, but it says, damn you, at Dan Benjamin. Yes. <laughs> and I have uh, three reviews I'm going to read. Ah. <clears throat> First one, four stars. Yes. Didn't, uh, didn't deserve that fifth one. Yeah. Maybe we're working <laughs> up to it. <laughs> From someone named Sean, who I wonder I is wonder the same. I wonder if it's the same, it's the same Sean. Same, same Sean. Is, it, is it, it WN? <clears throat> It is W.N. Uh, then there we go. All right, Sean. Uh, <laughs> we know who you are now. So, you know, we read like 20 minutes of your poem uh, and we didn't get five stars. <laughs> Can he, he change says, his review to a five star review? I hope he does now. He's getting a lot of attention. Sean, he says, uh, he says, of all the Star Trek Picard podcast, comma, dot, dot, dot. This is not just a Picard podcast. It is the Picard podcast. Aww. 
Okay, all joking aside, I enjoy this podcast. I already have a connection to a few of the hosts by listening to other 5 by 5 podcasts and enjoy hearing their takes on the show as it unfolds week after week. Ah. This is nice. Thanks, Sean. Uh, I'll go uh, another step further and say you haven't watched Picard unless you've listened to this podcast. Oh, I'm just saying this. uh, This is from Lonely Dot Geek. Five stars. That's 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 Riker. Riker. What? Really? Yes. Oh. What does, what does Riker say? Yeah, I thought we had such an like overreaching audience, but it's the same five <laughs> it's people. Same just three people. <laughs> it's just people Lonely we put up geek. to leaving reviews. Titles, real honesty. You can tell they're true fans of Star Trek and don't hold that back. They call out what is good and bad and don't try to be clickbait like so many others. You can be a super fan or just coming into Star Trek and find equal footing on this podcast. Thanks, Riker. All right, and the last one. He looks just like him. He man. does. He I want to find that picture. Like this is from Sandid Vive. Sandid V. My number one podcast, and number one is in capitals. I get it. Uh-huh. Number one. Five fan. stars. I have limited time during my weekly commuting to dedicate to a podcast, and I could only pick one. And I'm so very glad I picked the Picard. It is now my number one. I hope you see what I did there. (laughs) I enjoy the interactions between Dan, Hattie, and Keith. Dan is funny and enjoyable to listen to, as well as being a great master of ceremonies and a true Trekkie. Keith makes great observations, awesome Easter egg callouts, and has a depth of canon knowledge, and he can and will debate on inconsistencies. Hattie comes at the show as more of a Trekkie newbie and still earns geek cred for the things she calls out and her character insights and bonus points. As a female Trekkie, I get to hear a similar female geek perspective on my fandom. I was so tired of previous Trek series podcasts I listened to that was a boys clubs with fart jokes, semi-misogyny, and all that. (laughs) She almost spit her drink out while you were reading that. Thank you, team, the Picard, for giving us a podcast that can be comfortable sharing with my Star Wars nerd teen. As I try to help him see there is so much more to geek over in the sci-fi multiverse. Love this podcast. Live long and prosper. Aww, Wonderful review there. See, and even I teens know. can listen. Now, once we edit Keith. As, Sorry. <laughs> as, as we have done the live long and prosper comment. Sure. Um, the, the, the Romulan thing with the. Jolantru. Uh, oh, greeting. When, when was that? Uh, I'm looking for the trivia fact. When was that? first scene i think this is brand new okay because i think it is very specific to their to order of the nunnery yeah mm. i thought so too okay because we don't see other romulans do right it. okay i could be if i'm wrong email us yeah email i think the open hand gesture is brand new but yeah. i absolutely upon my second time watching the episode found myself doing it it's a lot. nice yeah. it's very nice it, it it almost um is very reminiscent of like a japanese culture like when you hand things with two hands and right. you know and all that so yeah. you make a gif of hattie doing it and yeah, just, just me going start <laughs> commenting on things on the internet with it <laughs> right that'll be the 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 meme it will just be of her you know, doing Joel on true and different Joel things will be in my hand every time I open my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All right. So, um, get ready for another, uh, very detailed scene by scene recap. Yeah. Yes, the whole time. <laughs> That's what I do. All right. Star Trek Picard. Absolute candor. Name of the episode, perfectly named, because a lot of it is about being absolutely candid. Now, when I want to interject a statement. I'm reading, sure. um, my, my son and I read uh, a book periodically, and this one we're reading now is called Divergent, 
Have you mm-hmm. heard of Have you heard of that, that book? series? Like yeah. The Legion series. So we we had read like Maze Runner and mm-hmm. read like the Percy Jackson book. So we look for like trilogies or series yeah. of books, sure. and this one came highly recommended. And uh, and, and there are movies of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and it. I mean, it's a it's a really interesting, really good book. And there's a without summarizing the book and getting too off topic. Um, and by the way, if you, if you have um, I would say this book. Like really, 10 and up? Yeah, probably 10 and up. I mean, my son is 12. He can um, he can read books like this, no problem. But uh, it, it's not a, too advanced of a book to read. But as a parent, I'm enjoying it too. As an adult, I should say, I'm enjoying it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's definitely geared toward the kind of teen, maybe preteen audience. But it's, sure. it, I think it, they call it YA. YA? Young, Young adult. adult. Young adult. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- but it's very good. I'm enjoying it too. But there's a, there are basically, it's sort of a future earth and there are factions. Everybody is split up into a different faction. Sure. And there's one of the factions that's called Candor in ah. there. And, uh, and so as soon as they talked about that, he looked at me and he's like, just like the book. And I was like, yeah, it's the same. So anyway, just, there you go. I don't know why I felt it was important to say that. But you did. But I did. <laughs> but you said it. That was good. We opened up the episode 14 years ago, and I got to say, I dig us starting in the past for most, if not all, of the episodes mm-hmm. so far. Uh, we are at the planet Vashti in the Beta Quadrant. If you're unfamiliar, the Beta Quadrant is where the Romulans and the Klingons live, and the Federation's in the Alpha Quadrant. We are at a. Uh, we found out Vashti is a big Romulan relocation hub, and it is basically like an open air market kind of feeling, like a colony, like you've mm-hmm. seen in Star Trek's of past. We see a little Romulan boy running through and stealing a piece of fruit, and uh, a Romulan vendor screams, "Run, sister boy!" <laughs> and he turns around and says, "In perfect Romulan, bite me." Uh, around this time, we see who I refer to as White Suit Miami Picard yes. beam down. <laughs> I know, yes. I loved he, it. He just got the bag from Cuba and, you uh, know. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Cuba Picard, but yeah. I, I think I think Miami works He's, too. He just got back to Miami it from, was, I from saw Cuba. Yes. The, the, I guess it was it maybe the preview thumbnail or somewhere else I saw that picture of him with the hat. And I was like. First of all, I know he just wanted to wear the hat. He wanted I know to sure. wear the hat. He's a hat guy. He's a fedora guy. <laughs> yeah. And, um, a, you know, a, a, I don't think I've ever seen Patrick Stewart in a Panama hat before. But it, he was made for it. Yeah. But it yeah. looked great. And it had that big brim on it. I was like, yeah. yes. Which is, I have to imagine that in, in headcanon in Star Trek, yeah. that he had to replicate this, but using like a very ancient design yeah. at the time. Right. Like, cause nobody else in Starfleet's wearing these around. hats. Right. Yeah. They all have technology. So he's like, Oh, here's a hat from three, 400 years ago. Exactly. That looks great. I'll wear that. Like, yeah. it, like I have a Panama hat that I wear like the beach or whatever. Sure. And it's, like it is considered old fashioned now. Now, right. So in three and four hundred years. Right. I mean, like how we like what would be the equivalent of that? What hat would we like, like a, a like a jester's or hat? Or like an from, old bonnet, you yeah, know, that like, like ties under the chin. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have like you know, a suit of armor helmet. Helmet. Right, so maybe it's like that. It's like that. Just like, hanging out in my helmet. That's what I wore. Yeah. So uh he comes down and he is greeted like a hero, and like all the Romulans come up to him and uh it's kind of like this weird god worship mm-hmm. kind of thing. He's going Jolantru, Jolantru. Everyone at this point, this is before the attack of the synths. So he is in charge of this Romulan relocation situation. So uh, he is very much a friend of the Romulans at this point. This is um, 
where a lot of the Romulans are supposed to come is to this settlement. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we cut over. He goes across town to a nunnery. And oh my God, I already forgot the name of the nuns. I wrote it down. What are they? Uh, Quat. Quat Milot. Thank you. Quat Milot. I had to write it down too. <laughs> now so, is the, the place is called Vashti, right? That's the planet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which, and theoretically the colony as well. Right. So he goes into the warrior nuns and he says, hey, I need your help uh, continually. We have 10,000 more refugees coming into the, the, the capital uh, and they're, they're happy to help them. It's like what they do. Uh, and then he gives the <laughs> there's like this big back and forth with him. And we are introduced to Eleanor, who is a, a, a young male child, the mm-hmm. one that stole the fruit. That's why they call him sister boy, because he's being raised by the by nuns. Right, sisters. Right. Mm-hmm. El, and, and I just want to say Elner, Elnor. Yep. Is a good name. It's a cool name. Right. But it, it's a lot like Eleanor. Did that bother you? No. Bothered me. No. The no, same, I didn't think I'd say it bothered me more that it's like Elrond because he's already so elfish. Yeah. Yeah. He, so. was, he was a badass, though, as a grown up. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we get back. Uh, we, we, we learn that the, uh, the sister, the sister warrior nuns. Do we learn her name? The main. I don't think so. I don't so. think so either. I tried to write everything down, but, but I didn't. Uh, the main one. <laughs> Uh, is basically says something to the effect of like, don't make promises. His promises are a right. prison. And then he's like, oh, well, I promised you this sweet, uh, have Hanafik, Hanafik, Hanafak, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, some ingredient. It looked like some sort of like, almost like a toffee or something, yeah. you know? <laughs> so she gets that. And then he gives Elnor a copy of the Three Musketeers, right. which is like, hey, you're losing your planet. You guys right. don't have a lot of resources. Here's book? an old book. Right. <laughs> uh, and then we go through this montage that we learn that Picard feels very strongly for this kid and is a mm-hmm. caretaker and teaching him how to fence and reading to him at night. And uh, I have in all caps written here, why is uh, Jean-Luc Picard not my father? Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> because that's all I want in life because he's so, and like, you know, they had uh, the, the nuns have this policy of absolute candor. They do not lie. They right. speak whatever is Very emotionally on their brain, which uh, to me reminds me a lot of Beta Zeds because they have to be. Right. If you've read any um, like canon books or I guess they were canon, they're not anymore. Uh, a lot of like living on Beta Zed is like that, like especially if you're a species who isn't telepathic, you just say whatever is right. on your mind because they're going to know anyway. So uh, as Picard is getting to ready to leave the colony and get out of there, he gets an in-ear communicator um, message from Rafi, which I thought was interesting because he's wearing a communicator. Yeah, and you normally hear them. and We've seen him use yeah. it in the future, 14 years later after this, but I like the idea of the in-ear communicator. So he touches his ear and uh, Rafi's, he says, hey, uh, you know, I'll be up in a minute. And then he, you can see in his face he's getting the bad news. Right. And he learns that the sins have just destroyed uh, Utopia Planitia and pretty much all of Mars because it's on fire. Now, a little technical question for you, sure. Keith. Um, do we know about in-ear communicators? Is that a thing? Uh, I think there are episodes of Voyager where uh, there, and I know, I know for a fact when Admiral Janeway comes back from the future, spoiler alert, she has a subdermal communicator in her head and that piece of technology is in a lot of books mm. in the future where you kind of hear things in your ear but have other people cannot. Okay, so there's a precedent for this existing. Right. Um, it, do we know if it's like a more limited range or something? Why wouldn't everyone have this instead of the, the one? Uh, the, the, I the think regular it's just insignia? to keep communications private. Right. Okay. And so uh, in addition to that, we don't really know. Do we know where Picard was coming from? Like, was he on, uh, you know, because he wasn't in 
Starfleet uniform. He was in Miami uniform. <laughs> and so... Well, because Rafi is in orbit, and this is before the attack, he's still in Starfleet. Right. He's probably on the um, the the new... He has to be, if he's talking to Rafi, his new starship. Right. These, you know, larger ones that are built to carry people. I don't right. know why. Maybe it's because he spent a couple of days in the colony. Yeah. Maybe it was like a personal visit. It's a it was almost leave. like a vacation, surely yeah. type situation. Okay. So he could spend time with Elnor. Right. But uh, as he was getting ready to leave, he finds out <clears throat> there was an attack. And he promises, and again, promises are prisons, mm-hmm. promises the main nun, I will be back. Right. And he did. He did come back. Kept right. his promise. <laughs> Fourteen just, just took longer. Later. Right. Uh, and then the title, and that's that. And then we're back on the ship with Gerardi and Rios. Gerardi is super bored, and and I wrote and charming. Uh, yeah, she, her personality is like coming out. Very fun. Uh, we find out that she is, you know, watered his plants, caught up on journals. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to get suspicious of Gerardi, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You get the same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And she went to his holodeck and learned that he only has Klingon opera, which uh, I think, I don't know why, I think for some reason this is going to be important later. I think he has a relationship with Klingons, and when we're finally introduced to him, he's going to be the one to deal with them. Right, because we still have a lot that we don't know about him just in general, so we don't know. But don't get excited, Uh, Worf will not be on the show. This season. I don't think he'll be on next season. You don't think so? No, because he's, he's, he's come out and said... I would love to return to Star Trek, but I wanted to basically what he he kind of said was I want it to be a show about Worf, about Klingons, sure. about, you know, mm. and he doesn't want a cameo. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want a cameo or a, or a one off. But I think I think it would be wonderful to have him mm-hmm. on the show I in agree. any capacity. I'd like to have him on this show. That's what I'm saying. On our show. <laughs> oh, oh, on, oh, on yeah, uh, our show. Right here. Yeah. Yeah, can't you make make a call or I'll something? I'll make a call. I mean, he's, a, he's, <laughs> you know, he's got the time now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, he doesn't zing. go to the, con- he does it. He's not on it on TV. He doesn't sure. go to the conferences. Right. So what's, he's just chilling. He's Michael up Dorn, in Maui Let's or do this thing. Yeah. So Gerardi is uh, also uh, obviously bothering Rios and she's like, oh, I mm-hmm. used to bother someone else who read books and it was my father, which was kind of cute. And she asked what his book's about, and he says, The Existential Pain of Living with the Consciousness of Death, mm-hmm. which uh, I guess our friend, was it Sean, yeah. brought up the book, uh, and, she, and she repeats back, The Existential Pain of Living with Consciousness of Death, and then he's, he basically finds out Rios is incredibly tortured. Right. He's and just, just like, like super... And that's kind of why he's such a rebel. Is he's like, we're all going to die. He's kind of, he's right. very existential and just doesn't, doesn't really care about he's anything. He's a moody emo kid. Right. And then uh, end of the scene, Rafi comes in. uh, She is pissed. She is screaming. She goes, why on earth are we going to Vashti? And uh, he's, you know, Rio says Picard said he needs to make a stop. And she makes some comment about like, oh, he said, and you just followed orders. So you are Starfleet. You are Starfleet, right. Kind of pokes at him about like just following orders from Picard. We hop over to the holodeck. In which we see Picard's study from Chateau yeah, Picard. And we're like, oh, it's recreate good. it on the holodeck on Rios's ship. He's watching the birds outside the window. You know, and what clicked for me as soon as they had that, I said, oh, I said, that's where Seven of Nine is going to oh, show him because it yep. showed her in his study. Yeah, in, in the previews. The previews. And that and bothered like, the hell out of me. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, how, why 100%. is he going to be back on Earth mm-hmm. again? But so now we know. Now we know. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, someone uh, online pointed out that this is going to become like the ready room set, ah, uh, okay. which makes sense because he doesn't really have a ready room, but right. now he has his study, which I think is genius. Right. Uh, we also <laughs> introduced to the emergency hospitality hologram, yeah. which oh, yes. is yet another version of Rios uh, who points out that 
there isn't that often an emergency hospitality situation. (laughs) Uh, And we find out that uh, Rio specifically hates that program above all others. I think it's because he's like peppy and happy and Rios is just moody sure. and wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> sure. If you're emo, you hate anything that's exactly. happy. Uh, everyone comes in. Rafi is very upset they're going. Picard says they need more help. He's also a little pithy with Rafi. He's mm-hmm. like, At this point, he's like getting more comfortable being in space and being in the situation he's in. Rio says that the system they're going to that Vashti is in is called the Quirus system and is now very shifty and full of warlords like uh, call Cantor or Car Cantor, something Cantor, uh, who has basically got his hands on an old antique Romulan bird of prey and is mm. running that area of space. Rafi again points out, like, why didn't you offer up this information? Stop doing whatever Picard tells you to do. <laughs> <clears throat> so, a lot of problems with this. One, they they kind of introduced this warlord. Uh, uh, I want to say, call, I think I wrote this down. I think it's Call Cantor. If I'm wrong, email us. Uh, <laughs> But uh, they make a big deal out of him, and he he becomes very less of a big deal later in the episode. But uh, why does it matter if he has an antique bird of prey? And later we'll talk more about the space flight and this or the space fight. Mm -hmm. And like, why are they not knocking this thing out of the sky? Like, right? Even antique, like even advancements can only go so far. But uh, neither here nor there. Um, I want to point out they brought up two things: uh, the Fenris Rangers, Mm -hmm. which we don't know anything about other than. They are supposed to be peacekeepers and that they are very stretched thin mm-hmm. because it's Fenris. Uh, I think it's going to be a Romulan term. And I think this is like a Romulan peacekeeping force and all of the scattered oh, Romulan systems. That's my guess. And then they talk about the Romulan rebirth movement happening, too. Right. Which uh, we get a little taste of in the Romulans only restaurant. So I have a feeling that it's just become like a xenophobic movement for the Romulans to reclaim their power. But we'll right. find out. We find out oh, here it is. We find out the warrior nuns are called the Kawat Malat, who choose you and your quest uh, if if they deem it worry uh, worthy right. to bind their blades to right and go fight for you. Now, once you've sort of bound your blade, you're you're there through the, through end, of the end of the quest, quest, but you're also sort of a almost like a samurai in that you serve a you know like a lord sure. of some kind, and then whatever they ask you to do, you kind of. You kind of do right. it. That's what it seems yeah. like. Uh, they are the most skilled single combat warriors in the universe, and they are very feared enemies of the Tal Shiar. And that is because they follow the way of candor, absolute candor. They have no filter. They say whatever's on their mind or on their heart, which is the most anti-Romulan thing yeah. you could possibly do because right. Romulans are all about keeping secrets. secrets. <laughs> uh <clears throat> Uh, as after Picard explains all this to his crew and they're going to go down, they're going to get a, a Kawat, Kawat Malat <laughs> and bring him up there to help him. Uh, Rafi goes up to him and says, don't you remember what we used to say to each other? And he re- qu- quotes back one impossible thing at a time, meaning don't mm-hmm. get bogged down. Line. You know, this is, but he knows it's his, he's, he says, oh, it's my last chance. I'm not right. going to get a chance to come down here. When am I going to be in this system again? Yeah. And he wants to see Elnor. That's what he wants more than anything. No. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Can continue. We're back on the cube. Remember the cube? I love the cube. So now, I just want to make a comment. I know oh, where sure. you're going with Jump this. In. I, I feel like they're very close for brother and sister. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wrote, I'm, I, I'm an only child, so I don't know if that's normal or not, but it seems like they have a romantic relationship. I wrote sister is too sexy again. <laughs> yeah. So no. No, she all but um, 
Yeah, she's like caressing his face. Trying to cure like sleep. She like laid in bed with him. Yeah, she she kind of touches close to his his thingling. Yeah, Uh, I'm trying to keep it clean. Do you think that they, when he's like sister, do you think it's more like bro and sis, not like brother and sister? I'm starting to feel like they're not physically related. Actually related. That maybe they were raised together. Maybe they were raised, but still, I know because you have to imagine that they are. There's a lot of displaced children after mm. Romulus right. blowing mm-hmm. up. So so maybe they're kind of... foster brother and sister. Maybe they yeah. were both raised in an orphanage where everyone exactly. is a brother. Or yeah. this could be a Lannister situation. We don't know. We don't know. So on the they cube, wouldn't do that on on a show like this. I mean, they're dropping some pretty hardcore f bombs, and then we're getting some. Yeah. Cool no, I'm so surprised. And, yeah. <laughs> we're back on the cube. Soji is watching a recording uh, earlier of Ramda talking about the Destroyer. And uh, it's overlaid so weird on her face it's where it's so like great. melding with her face. It was so creepy. I was like, good, good choice. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. Uh, and then the lines that popped out the most are when all the shackled demons break their chains and answer the call of the destroyer, it will be the end of all things. So theory time. Okay. The shackled demons are either a Borg or B synths. Mm. So th- th- she is the destroyer because she is going to become the queen mamma jamma. Of either all the synths or all the Borg. That's my theory. That's a very good theory. Thank you. I'm leaning toward the former uh, of all the synths as opposed to the Borg. Because I think the synths will destroy the Borg. Maybe. Become the Borg. What if they're building the Borg pieces? You know, they're kind of doing stuff to the Borg. Yeah. What if they're doing that to like fight the army of synths that they think are present because he keeps saying where is everybody so a a lot of people are thinking that there's Mm -hmm. a time travel element to this but the reason this prophecy exists is that one romulan sees like basically the destruction of romulus and like this uprising of the synths or borg or something happens and then they go back and that's why they are anti so anti-synths Starting way back. Yeah, starting from before they might even have that technology. Now, uh, one question I had to ask, all the the synths that we've seen so far (laughs) are all one dude. Yeah. And they all look alike. Sure. And I'm assuming they all act basically the same other than whatever their learning program has has taught them. They're clearly nowhere near as advanced as Data was. Or Soji or... Dodge. Yeah, no, and they're even more advanced than data, right? Um, because for all intents and purposes, they're they are human. They're biological. Mm-hmm. They don't and, even know that they're synths. They don't even know that they're synths. But when they activate, then they have all of the outward abilities of an android. Sure. Uh, but but you know, but they're biological. Things we don't know about them. We don't know if they age. Um, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that. Because they're biological, that if they're injured, they bleed or... We've seen that. Yes. Uh, So um, does their hair grow? I assume it does. You know what I'm saying? So like for all intents and purposes, they're perfect humans. Um, And, but, but like fate, F8, you know, it's, it's interesting because they, they seem to be relatively just sort of generic android robot type mm-hmm. things right. and she's so like completely bees. different yeah. right that it's interesting to me i wonder if we're going to get one of those synths as a character even as a secondary character not just you know watching them destroy 
things, sure. and, but actually have them be a character that, that evolves and grows, or if right. that won't be the focus. We don't know for a fact that they can't grow beyond. Exactly. We just, right. you know, if they never let Data join Starfleet, if they all they said was like, you're going to be locked in this room, and then you're going to go fix Damn. Mm. See, we can't get through an episode. <laughs> uh, 20 minutes? <laughs> was, yeah, no, 30, 35 yeah, 30s, <laughs> Perfect. So you're going to go fix stuff, and then you're going to go back in, into the closet. Right, like, he, he would never get evolved. a chance. Right. Same with Voyager's EMH. Like, he was very, you know, I come out, I'm surly, I fix, you know, put a Band-Aid on stuff, and then I go back into uh, the netherworld. It's the operating with other people that helps you grow. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for a fact that he's not as advanced as Data. We can surmise. Right. But he might be able to grow way, or any of them might be able to. And I think that's what they're getting at, is that they're going to become a civilization. Mm. Okay. Back on Rios' ship, we find out that there is not only a whole bunch of drones around Vashti, but they can also kind of create a shield. And that this is like secondhand technology. It's Romulan in origin, but it's still powerful enough to stop any ship getting in that they don't want to get in uh in in a very picard way when they're trying to figure out how to get down to the planet he looks around and goes suggestion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's something that he was very much known for right. in his tng day suggestions what do you got guys got idea. right right and he does it with like a big smile on his face rio suggests a cash gift yes and i wrote that down <laughs> i was like so there is cash there, there is, is money somewhere right. yeah well, and the universe there is we're just mm-hmm. the federation, federation we're not right. sure what's going on and i guess the assumption is he gave the cash gift because right. next thing he's beaming down sure uh, we also find out that uh, they tried use, like name dropping him and nobody seemed to <laughs> no care one. very much and that goes on to say, as soon as Picard goes, now not Miami Picard, 14 years later, right. beams down to Vashti, the colony, uh, no one seems to care. No. He's looking around and he's, he's like, hey, hey. Where's my like, hero's welcome? Uh, he even, Jolan Trues a couple people and they just look at him and keep going. Obviously not the same place it was. He walks past a restaurant and the, we see a sign that says Romulans, Romulans only, only. Mm-hmm. in English, which is interesting. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't meant for the Romulans, was sure. it? Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out this is the first time outside of the JJ Star Trek we've seen bald Romulans. Interesting. So oh, yeah. I think that this has to do a lot with like the fallout and them trying to become like a tougher like gang sort mm-hmm. of civilization where a lot of them on the planet were bald, have shaved heads. So then uh he's going through, nobody seems to care that he's there. He goes to the nunnery and sees the main quat Malat <laughs> I hate saying it, uh nun, and she says, You got old. The first thing I ever know because of absolute candor. He asks for help. And then inside we see a grown Elnor. He's still there. They never found a place for him to go. He's like a dark Legolas. Right. I said he looks straight from Rivendell. Yes. See? (laughs) Uh, He comes in. uh, Part of the show was they they were always supposed to find a permanent place for him because he's a boy. He can't stay with the nuns. But obviously he did stay with the nuns. We also find out he's he's been trained exactly like them. So he's got all their skills and follows their creed. But he can never actually be Kuat Malat. Because of his uh, genitals. That's what we find out. <laughs> it's because your genitals, dude. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about it. Back on the cube. Ramda is now on the table and we hear the heartbeat monitor again. Yes, we do. So I guess that is something in yeah. their technology that you hear the heartbeat of the person you're Good working choice. with. Yep. Uh, we find out she has tried to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, uh, also I want to point out this drone comes in and scans her and scans everything. And then we see these little drones flying all over the cube. And I really like this technology. I, know, yeah. I like the little drones. It's a good, they don't really mention them. They don't talk about it. It's a good way to show like 
the technology of this universe is getting more advanced. Mm-hmm. Their technology they have on the cube is very advanced as a big juxtaposition of like the the colony looks right, like they're struggling. It, right. It looks make almost medieval. Meet. Whereas yeah. the cube, because they're selling it off, is very rich and they have fine clothes and right. instruments and drones flying all over the place. And I just want to return to my comment from a couple episodes back in that whatever we see in Star Trek is a, is a more advanced and cooler version of whatever current current technology is so right oh, yeah. now what's the big thing now we got drones now well of course right now in star trek we got little <laughs> Ooh, drones good observation i like that also i think when they said oh I th- she tried to kill herself is that when she put the gun to her head like was that right so was oh. that supposed to be right after that or was that I later th- i think this is a separate incident. a second okay i think that she like actually tried to kill herself i don't know that for sure it's mm-hmm. just the vibe i got i okay. could totally wrong i'll allow it Soji, uh, Narek shows up and is talking to Soji. She really wants to know more about him. She's like, look, you got no emblems. You got no uniform. You're walking around here like you own the place. She says the word paradigmatic, which is now my favorite word. (laughs) Narek takes her to a ventilation return and says, I want to show you this Borg ritual. And she says, there's no such thing as a Borg ritual you're talking about. It's really just an iced hallway Mm -hmm. because it's where the air return is. And he's like, take off your shoes. And they have this really weird rom-com moment. I know. It's very (laughs) rom-com. It's weird, but I liked it. I don't know why I liked it so much. Where like, he's like trying to demonstrate his like soft, like every time she asks about his uh, his past, he just does another cute thing. Right, like, so in my head, he's got like four or five like romantic gestures just queued up, ready to mm-hmm. go. And as soon as she asks, like, here's a distraction, I'm going to kiss you in this ice hallway. Right. Uh, which do I thought you, was so, But do you think, though, that he is developing genuine feelings for her at this yes. point? I, I think do so too. too. I do Very too. much so. I do too. Because whenever he talks to the sister, yeah. Um, the sister seems very jealous of, of jealous. And also I feel like he doesn't always tell her everything that he's mm-hmm, learned or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, he's hiding something yeah, from her. Yeah. He points out that there's holes in her past. He says the ship that you came to this Cuban, you're not on the register for it. And right. she's like, well, I was on it. He goes, there's no proof of that. She gets real upset. She's like, F you, I'm out of here. And he, uh, he kind of calms her down and she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm doing the same thing you are. We're both feeding an insatiable curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, uh, later in the episode, the sister is going to say something to the Tanamata. It's like, you've spent your, you know, your whole career up to this moment studying her, which I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. Or maybe just studying since in general. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, and so I think like, yeah, he, she is very important to him. And I think we are going to see like genuine feelings around. He's going to come clean to her. And I mean, if you think about it, let's just say he was, I mean, I, I, I don't, it wasn't it didn't occur to me that he was a cyberneticist, a Romulan, the so-called non-existent Romulan cyberneticist. Sure. But it seemed like this is a project for him. And that's right. something that he's been interested in for a long time. And if you think about it, if he's been like searching for her or f- trying to find her and then found her and now has the opportunity to interact with her there, that, that kind of mythology that can be built up around someone I'm sure could become a romantic. It could evolve into a romantic right. interest for him as well. Cause you put them well. up on a pedestal of being like this perfect, it, right. you know, everything exactly. About them. Exactly. Not exactly. to mention she's been demonized and now he's right. sleeping with her and right. they're having these incredible romantic right. moments. And right. she's, she's like cute it. and fun. And oh, normal. she's so cute. Yeah. She's very cute. Very cute. Okay, going on. Back on Rios' ship, Rafi is monitoring all the comm traffic. And I, what I put here is, I guess the world, the word cloud that comes out of comm traffic is right. like everyone's buzzing about Picard actually being there. So they were reacting him mm-hmm. being there. It's but the future a, of Twitter right there. In right. a bad way. Yeah. So everyone's pissed he's there. Picard, they don't want him there. Yuck. <laughs> he says... <laughs> 
I can't leave right now. I have to stay because I still need my Kawat Malat. And they say, oh, I wrote it down. It's Car Cantor. And that's his, uh, it says, they're going to have to fight Car Cantor if you don't leave because that bird of prey is coming here. Right. And he says, do what you have to do. No? So he's kind of like, fight that ship yeah, and right. win because I'm Did not you just curse here. again? Did I? He said, no, fight said, the ship. Oh, the ship. 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 Okay. I get one curse for a ship. Yeah. I did curse in my notes here. It says, how can Rios's ship not take on this piece of, and I'll say garbage now. Or you could say ship. Piece of ship. <laughs> <laughs> this piece of ship. Uh, back on the planet, Eleanor uh, uh, walks in while Picard is talking to the main Kuat Malat. Obviously, very mad at him. Very throwing angry, stuff yes. down. He feels neglected like everyone else. Uh, and then Kuat Malat said something super amazing. She says, because you could not save everyone, you saved no one. Mm-hmm. And Picard agrees. He's like, I put my pride on the line. And because no one went along with my plan to save all the Romulans we right, could. Right, then I just gave up. I just everything. peaced out to my chateau. When Rafi, you know, when we saw the flashback of her, like, she kind of said to him, forget Starfleet then. Let's go get a ship. Let's start saving as many people as we can. Right. And Sh- Schindler's so List style. Yeah. Let's, Picard's List. Yeah. Picard's List. <laughs> okay. Put that on the name of possible I'm, I'm titles. please. <laughs> Picard's <laughs> List. That's awful. It's perfect. <laughs> um, I think Keith, we're allowed. We can do it, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, I can't though. No. That's fine. You're honorary. <laughs> uh, Picard says he needs one. He needs an assassin. assassin. The main nun says you should take Eleanor. He's got all the training. Right. He really doesn't belong here. Picard's like, he might die. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, I want to see him experience. I want to see him live before he dies. I want to see him experience right, life. Instead of just being He's here on this planet. only been in this colony yeah. and everyone calls him sister boy, which is the, right. uh, terrible. Don't call him that. Picard uh, goes on to tell Elnor the mission. He's like, is there any sort of ritual? Do I get to get on my knees? I don't want to. My knees are bad. I'm an old man. Right. He's like, no, just tell me the story. Tells everything. And Elnor already kind of knows about data from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. He's told him stories about him. Uh, El- Elnor wants to know if he was missed. Because he says, Aww. I miss data very much. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, what about me? Yeah. And Picard goes, of course I did. And like Picard should have just said, that's why I came back here. Right. To get an assassin, but also to check up on you. Right. Spot Data's cat is referenced, mm-hmm. which makes me I happy. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Eleanor said he really wants to see a cat. So uh, I Picard love that. says, I can't if wait. you come with me, maybe we'll stumble across one, which makes me think we We're will gonna absolutely see a, lot see a of cat. Cats. Yeah. Now, let me, let me, I just want to interject something here. Sure. I love the idea that in a few hundred years from now, we'll still have cats. Mm, sure. Yep, just know. as they are. Uh, but if if I may reference Blade Runner, sure, um, you know, very different direction for planet Earth in Blade Runner than mm-hmm. what happens in Star Trek. Uh, animals are very scarce in Blade Runner. You can't really have a real real animal. The idea that you might have a real owl or something or a snake is unheard of as a pet. So they have how many people do you have pet owls? I want in pet Blade owl. Runner. They, uh, <laughs> Tyrell had a, a all right. Keep going. Owl flying around. <laughs> So, but, but the whole thing is if we had Android animals, I would have a pet owl on my shoulder right now. Doing yeah, I would have like 15 animals on me right now. Right, <laughs> right. But what's interesting to me is if you think about the, like the brain of a, a mouse, mm-hmm. it's still so much more advanced as far as awareness than any com- kind of computer that we have right. now. Mm-hmm. But if they're in a situation, uh, you know, in, in the, are we in the 24th century? 24th, 24th century. That... That if they can create these synthetic human beings, even to the point of making them biological, then they could certainly make like a fake cat for you to have. Sure. That's all I wanted to say. 
I like that. I mean, uh, why aren't we seeing everyone has a cat? And it's like, oh, you want to go on vacation? Sure, just turn it off and it's like sitting there and you come back for vacation turn it on and you never have to clean the litter box you never have I was going to say food ma- down. make it so it doesn't even need a litter box would you That'd if you had the opportunity <laughs> to convert your cat into a synthetic cat an android cat like, would so it would live it? forever right now and it would live forever and be exactly the same in yeah. every way yes uh-huh. Yeah, Except it do. wouldn't need to be fed and it wouldn't need to and use it the bathroom. Yeah, and why wouldn't no I? If it's the same exact what cat. if it was at the cost of his life, he had to die for you to get the replacement? Why would that need to happen? I'm just saying, then would you still do it? I would have to consider it. Okay. We'll would it be later. like the same cat's brain waves put right, in like the Right, like is it almost but like the when the scanning data... process kills the animal. Oh, 100% because I'd do it for me. Yeah. You yeah. yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. So I'd definitely do it to my dog. Okay. Yeah. All right. My dog sheds like you would not believe. So that's what I'm saying. You could eliminate that. Oh, that'd be great. No you more could, dander. Now in, in Voyager, we do see holographic pets. Hmm. Okay. Someone has a pet lizard named Leonard. Can no, you, you touch can, it? Yeah, you yeah. can interact okay. with a hologram. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's a holodeck. Like, it's like holodeck okay. hologram. And it has a personality and everything, but you can say, hey, computer, turn off my lizard. And then it just see, goes away. Turn off my lizard is another title. Okay. <laughs> Turn okay. off my lizard. Uh, Eleanor, uh, after learning everything, wants to know, does he want a Coatmalat or do you want me personally? Right. And Picard, absolute candor, is like, I need one. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it to be you, but I need one. I don't care who it is. Uh, Eleanor doesn't want to be used. He's like, you left for 14 years, came back when you needed something from me. I'm out and storms away. Yeah. You know what? That reminded me a lot of when he went to see Rafi. hundred percent. Like, you left me. You left. You didn't check up on me. You haven't checked. Like you haven't contacted me in any way. So he was, he was like, it was like he was cocooning, you that, know? See, and I wrote, I said, it seems like Picard was so butthurt about the thing that went down with Starfleet <laughs> sure. that he was just like, he shut down and he, he just shut, shut down, down and went and w- turned into a hermit over there. Right. And he like neglected all of his friends. And that's the problem with being a father figure and alpha male or having so many people depend There's on you is when you go away, Right. Every, everyone's acting like like they've been abandoned by their father. Right. 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 Especially Great poor point. Eleanor. Yeah. Oh, I love you, Jean Luc. Uh, Picard <laughs> has seven minutes to kill to the next window where he can be uh, beamed up and decides right. to use that seven minutes to perform some civil disobedience. Right. Let's start a fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. He goes in to pick a fight. He goes to the Romulan place. He is disgusted by the Romulan only sign. He mm-hmm. wants this place to be open for everyone. So he takes the sign. Throws on the ground and steps on it. Everyone's steps like, on the Romulan only side. Sits down at a table and goes, waiter, waiter! Screams it <laughs> in Romulan. Uh, obviously, everyone's mad at him. Finally, these thug Romulans come over to him and goes, you don't recognize me, do you? But we've met before. I used to be a Romulan senator until you brought us to this place. And then something dawned on me. And they kind of, I guess I should have picked up on it earlier, that this settlement should not have been this size. This settlement was meant to be gigantic before um, the Sim fleet was destroyed. And now you realize the Romulans blame the Federation because now they're scattered. They set up all these different colonies for Romulans. Temp- temporary too, and it kind of turned out Something like happened. now they're there forever. Right. So the entire and they're basically is like, you don't know anything about the Romulans. We are self-sufficient we are crafty we are smart and in the one moment we doubt ourselves the federation wormed their way in promised to save us all and we let them and then when they let us down because their ships got destroyed we are scattered to all these little colonies you started that were supposed to be so much bigger right because there's supposed to be millions and millions of more romulans here but now they're all dead mm. so no wonder they hate picard and hate yeah, the federation it's like his whole idea Oh yeah. yeah. So like he like he destroyed this race and yeah. they are about to take it out on him. 
So they then pull him outside. They say, someone says, give him your sword. So they give him a sword. And he's like, no. <laughs> it's weird that they have swords, but they do. Right. And now they're like, you're going to duel and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I mean, I thought the same thing when I saw the swords. My first response was, cool. Cool you know, sword. We're going to see them like sword fighting, which who doesn't want to see that? I remember Picard is yeah. always doing his fencing. Fencing. Yeah. So. And so I don't know. I know you fence quite a bit, Keith. But of course. How how does fencing translate to larger because those are more like like medieval swords i don't know what the, the term uh, is. i think you would like die i think you would die very quickly <laughs> because it doesn't you, translate does right it? because you're not parrying it's right. all just hack and slash versus parry and thrust yeah um we also find out that picard has addressed like the the empire at one point mm-hmm. when he was like basically telling the whole like the the plan right. of moving them Here's all. Here's what we're gonna do. And then he was the first human being to have done that. And right. like people in the Senate were crying, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, this amazing federation!" And just the downward spiral. We also find out that the class of ship that Picard had was a Wallenberg class ship, which we know is bigger than a sovereign. It's the biggest starship ever made, oh. and it's meant to be a a transport, like a cruise ship almost. Oh. So there's that. And that's how the first colonists came through. Right. Um, Picard is heartbroken by all of this. Uh, they definitely felt like, uh, so, oh yeah. Picard immediately when he's like in this duel goes into a fencing mood, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. puts his arm up like he's going to fight. Uh, does okay for about three seconds, yeah. but then, then just gets... throws the sword down. He's yeah. like, this is not what I want. I'm not killing anyone. And it almost feels like he's ready to die. Yeah. Like if this is what it's going to take. And then Eleanor shows up. Like a hero. It's like, nah, dog. (laughs) Make your choice because if you don't walk away now, I'm going to kill you. Right. And then the Romulan senator is like, goes for it. And then in a very impressive feat of strength (laughs) and almost elf-like. Yes. Elf-like. Kind of half upside down. Bins through the air, kicks two people at the same time. Yeah. And then beheads the Romulan. We see the blood, the green blood. The green blood come out. The head slide slowly off his shoulders. Right on the ground. Yeah. I, and Picard's like, ew. Yeah. Why? And, and he did not deserve to die. But. Oh, we're going to get to that. Um, you know, I, I wanted to say that for me, what what I was hoping for. Now, mm-hmm. first of all, I have absolutely sure. no criticism of sure. Elmer's fighting sure. uh, abilities. I would have preferred something a little less showy and a little more deadly. Um, what always impresses me is when. When you see, like, do you see this in a samurai kind of movie or something mm-hmm. like that? Like uh, Wu Dan style fighting kung fu movies or something. Not Wu Dan. That's the stupid coronavirus thing. That's Wuhan. Wuhan. <laughs> I'm talking about what's the name of the the one in like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I don't know. I'm leaving this. You don't know Crouching Tiger? I don't know what you're talking about. It's the style of martial arts. Mantis style. It, that is a style, though. I know, but okay. that's not what I'm looking at. Because I cannot help you with this. Well, I, I, <laughs> you want him to like slightly move his sword and then everyone's heads fall off. That's what you wanted. I wanted <laughs> you to see him reach down for his sword. You hear, and then it's just him resheathing the sword and everyone's sort of standing there. You're like, oh, he missed everybody. And then they Nothing happened. Half. And then all their heads drop. See, I think that's a little bit too magic. That was too showy. That that's you said you I wanted something less showy. And okay, that's well, watch an old samurai film. Wu Dang. Okay. Wu Dang, W U D A N G. It's a Wu Dang sect, sometimes also referred to as the Wu Tang sect or Wu Tang clan. What <laughs> It is a fictional martial arts sect mentioned in several works of Wuxia, Wuxia 
fiction. It's commonly featured as one of the leading Orthodox sects in Wulin martial artist community. It's named after the place it is based, the Wudang Mountains. Okay. Are you happy? They saw the, the mountains and they were like, Wudang, <laughs> look at those mountains. And, um, uh, and, and Patty, oh to, to your credit, is mentioned alongside of Mantis. Shaolin, which is, which is what those different styles are. I'm going to leave all that in. I don't care. Okay, good. So just before they're beamed up to the ship, <clears throat> someone says, that's a nice sword you got. How's it going to go up against my disruptor? Right. And points a disruptor uh, at them and they're beamed up right in the nick of time. And that's when we see Picard lose his ship. No. <laughs> we see him the angriest he's ever been. He is shaking. He says, that man did not deserve to die. And yeah. this is when we see actual Jean-Luc Picard. And this mm-hmm. is what we want because it's the heart of him. He's not composed. This is a veneer. Yeah. You have to remember what Picard was like when he was young. He was cocky. You right. know, he was Got like trouble. always like yeah. fighting. Like he has spent years putting up this shell around him. But like when it comes like in that interview with the news network, when yeah, he, he sees an injustice, mm. he loses it. He's like, I wronged that man. He was right to try and kill me. Right. And you beheaded him for no reason. From now on, you fight when I tell you to fight and you show restraint when I tell you to show restraint. And I want your word on that. And that is Jean-Luc Picard. There you go. All right. I love that was to me. Because it's all about honor. Yeah. To me, this was the best point of any episode in this whole show so far is that 45 seconds when he is chastising Elnor. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, like you said, it's very and father right. and son type thing where he's teaching him a lesson, you know. I I didn't even think about that, mm-hmm. Hattie. That's a very interesting point. I, and you know what? There were a lot of other ways that he could have used force to resolve that without killing the guy. Too, sure. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he would have been happier losing his arm or something, sure but there, there were other ways. Holds or yeah, something. he could have done something. <laughs> Oh, but, you know, he didn't but, have to cut his head yeah, off, although I liked it. I think Picard, sh- the, the one criticism is he should have known. Like, this kid was raised as a warrior knight. Right. This is what they do. They have yeah. swords in a, in a world of disruptors. Like, this is just. You're saying the senator should have known. Or no, Picard should have known that. Okay, like, because he's I also to thought, kill. like, the senator, like, like, this is the equivalent, okay? It's like if, if I'm walking down the street and I go up to some guy, I'm like, hey, buddy, nice shirt. And he's like, oh, you think it's a nice shirt? And he looks over at his, like, bodyguard, and there's this huge bodyguard dude standing there, just kind of grunts at me. I'm going to back down from sure. the giant bodyguard. I feel like that's the same, that's the equivalent. This guy shows up, everyone knows what he is. It's right. not a secret what he is. But there were so many people in between the senator and I think he thought he was safe. Um, yeah. You're probably right, but I wouldn't put anything past sure. one of these. They're sure. like ninjas, you know? Yeah. We're back on the cube at this point. Yeah. Wait, I'm a liar. Nope, I lost something. Oh. Nope. Girardi walks up and uh, is talking to Picard about uh, the warrior nuns. Mm. And they says, uh, hey, you got one bound to your cause. That's great. What it, what does it need for you them to be bound to your cause? Right. Right. Picard says, it has to be a lost one. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be a lost right. cause. It yeah. has to be like, no, no chance. chance. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh-huh. Now we're back on the cube. And Narek's in bed sleeping, woken up by Lieutenant Rizzo, his mm-hmm. sister. All, all sexy these, sister. Yeah. In the sexiest scene where she is. She's in the sexiest She's got like tall boots. I know. And, and like she's, she's in latex. Yeah. Next yeah. to his body. She's touching his neck all. Oh. Yeah. And she's like, I bet you were hoping it was your robot friend. Is she anatomically correct? Yeah. Just uh-huh. in the weirdest kind of way. And she's like, I can still smell her on you. Like it's so bizarre. And, uh, <laughs> Narek, uh, she again, she says, well, you've been studying her your whole life, which, again, is not possible. I guess we'll figure out why later. And that he's excited about her. And then they fight again over the, the word approach. And I, at this point, 
I'm like, okay, here's the first thing in the show I'm sick of. I'm sick of this fight between Rizzo and Narek about the two different approaches of how to do this. Yeah. Right. Well, she like, did give an ultimatum this time. She's she like, did. This is, this is your last chance to get some real info or yeah. else we're going to do it my way. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same fight over and over. And I'm like, okay, we could just have replayed the last three times they did this. It's getting boring. But the, the difference is this time he, uh, he wants to know what happened to the Shaynor. Now he's curious. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Th- it's rare for him not to know something. Why did, when the Borg assimilated this Romulan shit, right. what was different about why that did it break down the people. cube? Why did it make them all disorderly and what happened? Uh, and she, uh, Rizzo, which we don't know her real name yet, but Rizzo kind of deflects the whole thing and then starts choking the heck out of her brother mm-hmm. and says, you know, you're on the wrong path. Like you're, you're thinking about the wrong things. What is she? What is, what's her name? And he, then he says the Romulan word. And then she goes, he goes, she's the destroyer. Right, Seb Chenab. So, thank you. Perfect. So, you're on top of it. You know all that. You're the tom- You're the terminologies are. Yeah. So, like, she's a language person. She really I is. Am. Nice. Uh, so uh, I also put choking in bed hot. Yeah. There's this weird like power grab move. But uh, basically, I think. This Can is- I choke you after the show? Sure. Okay. So, I just went to two hands. That was cool. Two hands. Uh, <laughs> you have to go from the sides, not the front. Right. Oh, okay. That's, I'll that's keep that, that in mind. Um, so <laughs> that got weird. So uh, then the sister, you know, is basically like, you're getting off track. You don't want this. But she realizes that Narek is now buying into Soji, like wants to help her. Right. Wants to right. know things kind of. What's so going what on you're saying is we're, we're kind of watching his loyalty maybe shift yeah. a little. Oh, absolutely. Over to, over to maybe the woman he loves. Sure. Okay. Because originally, I have to imagine that the premise was like, I'm going to get her to fall in love with me, and then mm-hmm. she's going to tell us everything we need to know. Right, and then I'll find the rest of them, and then we'll hunt them down. Right, and now he's kind of enjoying this game. He's, even if it's mm-hmm. still a game to him, he's yeah. definitely enjoying it. Yeah. Right. Now we're in a ship battle. Yeah. It goes right to Rios' ship and this bur- ancient bird of prey, which at this point has to be 200 years old. Right. That's crazy. Uh, I don't care what kind of augments you've done to this ship even a regular runabout or shuttle should be able to fend off this bird of prey but they do something in this show that i don't think we've ever seen in star trek and if i'm wrong out there someone correct me but these phasers felt like there was some oomph behind them yeah they really did <laughs> yeah. much we've seen so many battles where bzz, 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 yeah. this is a bull uh-huh. and every time it hits you felt this impact and it, it shakes base. the ship and yeah cool. like to me i'm like this is the most intense space battle I've seen in a Star Trek show yeah. in a really, really long time. Yeah. And the phaser, it felt like each hit actually mattered. Right. right. And I loved that. And we yeah. find out that the bird of prey doesn't have very good targeting systems, but when it does hit, it's knocking the heck out of right. them. Yeah. Right. And then Rios's ship is shooting in between. And then another ship joins the fray. Right. A fighter style ship that we've never seen before. Right. And we find And they're like, who's that? Yeah. Right. And they're coming and they obviously have Federation style phasers because they're red and they're multi-directional mm-hmm. instead of unidirectional. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're and then Rios points at Rios activates an emergency tactical hologram. I saw someone oh, yes. <laughs> uh, everywhere is saying that it's an emergency pilot hologram, but Rios is flying. 
Right. right. And this guy is literally shooting the, the gun. So he's, I see, right. he's he did a seem bored by way his activity. Yes, so maybe sure. he his main purpose is he's, to be the pilot and he was sort of doing a tactical role that was right. not as interesting to him. And maybe. he looked like uh, Jason Momoa with the long He did. Hair. Yeah. yeah. Liked that. Uh, we also <laughs> find out a lot of the ship functions, obviously, because Rios is one person is automated. We keep hearing things in the background like diverting power here, doing mm-hmm. this without him commanding it. The ship right. is very automated, right. which I really like. I like that too and that was one of the questions that i had heard from people if back in the tng days is if the if, if you're alone yeah if you're alone but I, the you know if the computer on board is so powerful that it can do all these other things and there were many episodes where for one reason or another you have um an enterprise crew member instructing the computer to do things mm-hmm. this takes it to that next level which is you no longer even have to instruct it it, it things knows, are automated it, it gets the idea that oh you're in combat i need to like i need to do stuff now right. and and not just give you more sure. power wait here, for command over here exactly yeah. i dig it okay i dig the whole thing so then we're well, who's piloting the mystery ship well we're getting to that okay says so that the first thing the tactical hologram starts talking about is like that pilot's amazing. And Rios mm-hmm. is like, this is incredible. I've never like, seen this someone fly like be this. Amazing. Right. Uh, but unfortunately gets hit too many times. We see this mystery ship kind of gliding into the shield yeah, of the planet, tearing it apart and they're hailing. And another amazingly, perfectly Jean-Luc Picard moment the uh, Rafi says they're hailing and he says, put it on screen mm-hmm. and <laughs> then stops himself. Rios looks or at him. It's an open channel or something. Open yeah. a channel. Uh-huh. Now Rios looks at him, but not annoyed not angry more like more like surprise like uh-huh. like i'm used to this i'm starfleet through and through right. just looks at, and picard puts this i'm very sorry right. He's like, right. My puts bad. His, almost like hands in front of his mouth like it's reactionary right. i'm sorry it's like a muscle <laughs> uh and then rios just said do what he says like yeah. put it on yeah. uh and then instead of a voice message we just get an automated message rafi says they need to be transported aboard the tactical hologram said and that's why another reason i think it's a tactical hologram says it's too risky don't do it mm-hmm. because a tactical hologram would it's be thinking about percentages risks. of risk mm-hmm. right um and then uh, they do beam the pilot aboard just as their their ship is destroyed, and it is seven of seven nine. Of nine. And, and Picard goes great. seven of nine, and she does look great. Yeah. She's so hot. Yeah, she oh, looks my first childhood crush. <laughs> Back on the reason Barack Obama was elected president. Yes, I feel That's like right. you should share this story. Well, I feel there like are, there are people know. who don't know it. I'm gonna tell, to tell re- it. If there was no seven of nine, there'd be no Barack Obama. But we'll get to that. Uh, and then she's like, "Yo, the first thing out of her mind, uh, mouth is you owe me a ship, Picard." She's got a head injury. Didn't they like slice the wing off of... Was that the... Oh, uh, yeah, the Bird of Prey. The Bird of Prey, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought together, that was really cool. Show. I was like, oh, that's good. Good. so cool. <laughs> oh, that was such a good ship battle, and it makes me happy for everything that's going to happen in this series. Uh, she's got a head injury. As soon as she says, you owe me a ship, Picard, she... Ugh, yeah. like has this weird exclamation and then passes out yeah. which if, if you didn't watch Voyager 7 to 9 is tough as ship uh, <laughs> and she is like inc- <laughs> she is stronger she is faster she is smarter than any other human being so she must have been really messed up to have to be right. knocked out like that and then that's the end of this episode which was directed by Commander William R- Riker Jonathan Frakes nice. yay Okay, so quick story for you. Jerry Ryan was married to a senator named John Ryan. That his name? Some, someone, That's someone a- Ryan. Uh, yeah, you look it up. You know that. But anyway, uh, her senator husband was pressuring her to go to this sex club, where like you know, like you pay an entry fee, and then people are doing stuff all around. And she didn't really want to go, and it became like a major point of their marriage of contention 
So finally, she just divorces Jack him. Ryan. Jack Ryan, thank you. Not to be confused with Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Or Jack. Jack Ryan. Right. <laughs> Jack Ryan, thank you. Um, and then so finally she goes public and she says, I'm divorcing and it's because of this weird sex thing and I'm not going to be pushed around to it. And so he drops out of the senatorial race, making way for the incumbent, Barack Obama, to win, which and put him on the path to the presidency. There you go. Mm-hmm. So thank, thank you, you, seven of nine. nine. <laughs> uh I have literally not a single Easter egg written down for this episode. I, I feel, and that's what I was kind of saying to you before the show. I was like, there wasn't anything where you're like, ooh, we saw it. It, there, it was just like purely storyline driven. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they put a lot of fan service aside because like they're getting seven and right. that's enough. Right. Uh, that's and then they treat. just went plot. And mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, again, email into us. But I feel like this was, here's a bunch of new information for you to process. Right. We've already done the end of the beginning. We've already shown you the Captain Picard Day banner. We were introducing a new character with uh, Elrond. El, Elrond. Elrond. Elnor. <laughs> and now we're in it. And this is where we're going to be from now on. Now, mm-hmm. one question I had, Keith, I'm wondering if you know this. Um, was there a, a meeting between Picard and Seven Prior to this, obviously, they both know of each other. Picard's quite famous in Starfleet. And I would think Seven was probably pretty famous, too, because she was, she was in a, a Borg, Borg that mm-hmm. was brought in. and XB. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much in the book series. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I've i read all of them yeah. a ton. Yeah. And there are the, the main book series that happens after Return of Voyager is there's another Borg attack. And it's actually Picard and Seven of Nine kind of at odds with each other because okay. they both see themselves as the authority mm. on board mm-hmm. and they both kind of are right, right. they've they both wanna... been assimilated and right then... and so at one point like picard knows there's a borg attack coming to earth and he's like i'm gonna go deal with this and admiral janeway says no you wait for seven of nine she's in charge she's my board expert and he goes hey i'm lacutus i'm gonna go deal with it however i want and then he kind of like mutinies and he disobeys the direct order mm. and then so Admiral Janeway goes with Seven of Nine to relieve him of duty of the Enterprise but again this Very is cool. all book series stuff so right. this is not, know if they, that's do be... they consider that canon or no, no not in this the only thing that this show considers considers canon are the TV movies and the comic book that is called Star Trek Picard Countdown okay, okay. so we do not know in this series if they have but I have to imagine because one he knows her and two she refers to him as Picard, mm-hmm. not right. Admiral or, or former Captain Admiral or, or Captain or right. Jean-Luc Picard. She goes, you owe me a ship, Picard. Like, they're all buddies. Like, she, yeah, she all but put on the there. Boston accent. Hey, yo, <laughs> you owe me a ship, now, Picard. <laughs> was she... Are, are, it, can you recall if in the preview that we saw that she was in Starfleet uniform? Definitely I, not. She was not, no. right? It's not a Starfleet vessel. So she's she was out in. of Starfleet as well. As now, it may is. have had Starfleet weaponry, but it definitely was not a Starfleet ship. Okay. Unless she's like Section 31, deep cover, mm-hmm. right? special ops. But mm-hmm. I have a feeling that she is kind of off on her own. So mm-hmm. how do you, I mean, how did she find them? How was it, Or was it, she was just yeah, helping out? Yeah, what's your theory on like, that, I, Keith? What you I got? have no what's clue. What's she doing out there? Unless yeah. she is working for Starfleet Intelligence, mm-hmm. which I could see her doing. Right. But, but not with that lady something O. Not with O. Okay. And we also see the, the you know, the pre, uh, or the, 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 the preview of the next week's episode where she's so going I don't to the, watch those because I want to be fully surprised. Oh, I'm going to ruin something yeah, for that, you okay, right now. For me. She is walking through the casino of freehold with two rifle blasters shooting the ship out of the place. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm excited. So we're about to see her be such a bad a. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's a lot going it was on. A, it was show. a busy episode, but no, um, 
Like still I said, a lot of still a lot of of of, of setup. I yeah, think, I still for, felt like there was setup action. To me. There were new characters were new introduced characters, and brought in two new characters. If there's new characters to me, it's still set up. Yeah, sure, that's fair. Uh, I just I can't get over how well they're writing him as a person mm-hmm. and a character. Mm-hmm. Like everything he's doing lately, I'm just like, yes, that's him. Mm-hmm. And they're making him fallible, which is my favorite because it would have been easy to be like, he did everything right and the Federation screwed up, but they're making him accountable. Right. He's like, yes, I stood on my laurels, I stood on my pride, and I walked away, and it was the wrong thing to do. And now I am paying for it by my whole visage and life being worthless right now. Right. And also like he, he almost lost a lot of his friends by not checking on them and, and staying in contact and yeah. Sure. Speaking of freaks, we still have not seen him or Troy yet. Yeah. We know they're in this season. Yeah. Isn't it like, it doesn't, it wasn't the shot in the previews or whatever. Riker was like talking to him in the vineyards or was that? No, they're at uh, Troy and Riker's house. Oh, okay. Okay. With their kid. Whose name is? I don't know. Jean Luc. Really? Why not? <laughs> That's my prediction. That was in an episode of TNG yeah. when Riker is right. in a weird holodeck and mm-hmm. is kind of put in the future, but he's not really in the future. His son is named Jean Luc. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Good thought. All right. Did we see any flowers this, this nope, episode? There were none. Wait, I was none. looking. I'm, I'm on Flower Watch and there were no flowers. <laughs> flower, flower Watch. watch. <laughs> there were none. Uh, none. No, there was nuns. There, <laughs> there were, were nuns. Plenty of nuns. But the fact that they were on what seemed like more like an arid kind of a planet, there was desert. Gerardi said she watered his plants. That's the closest oh, we got. Oh, <laughs> crap. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Man. So that was it. Yeah. But she said plants, not flowers. So, yeah. mm, but you don't know. She flowers just or been, plants? Right. She's a, she's a doctor or whatever. Maybe it's just my cynical nature. Maybe I just want someone to be a double agent. And that's why I wanted Laris and Jabon to be. Right. But I still, I'm starting to feel like Gerardi, Gerardi has something dark about her. Yeah. Or, or they just like pressured her. Oh, pressured her into doing this for them. I'm going to go with you, Hattie. I think, I think she was pressured. I think she's, she's doing something, but quickly, will decide there'll be a critical moment where she comes out and she's like, I was sent here to do this, but I, my conscience I is keeping sure. me from doing it. Like, oh, promised or something. Yeah. Like, I'll make you the head of the Daystrom Institute. Right. Or when we find the sense, you can study them all you want. Right. 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 Something like that. Right. But you need to tell us where he is. Right. And maybe that's how Seven and Nine found him. I would do one of, I do, I'm very curious to see if the actor who played Bruce Maddox comes back. Right. What do you think, Dan? We're not going to see him. No? Nope. All right. Think he's dead? I don't think he's necessarily dead. I just don't think we'll. he's in this. All right. I want to see a little more of Hugh, though. I know. I think we'll see more Hugh. Okay. I liked Hugh. Because I think he's pretty good. I'm glad Hugh got like a nice, good, cushy job. You know? Yeah. He's earned he's, like, it. like running the place. If anyone's earned it, he has. Yeah. He seems uh, more disgruntled now, though. Oh, well, he, yeah. He he's was seen like his... sweet and happy. Because he doesn't really have a people, the Borgers, people, and he yeah, knows they're true. being exploited. He may be like the top but he's still the top of an exploited people. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if you enjoyed uh, listening to this show, mm-hmm. uh, please rate it, review it on iTunes, uh, po- Apple Podcasts, whatever we call it today. Yes. It's the best way to help new. So we want to build our audience because you know what? If this show goes well and enough people like it, We'll, we'll continue. We'll do what maybe other shows. Maybe yeah. the three of us will watch other shows. Ooh. Maybe they'll be all Star Trek. Maybe there'll be new shows that have nothing to do even with sci-fi. I don't know. I think we uh, revive Bentworthy. Maybe we do. Maybe oh, that's the answer. Like that. But all I'm saying is, you know what? 
We only know what you think of the show if you give us a rating, if you give us a review. So we might please, even read it on the show. Please go to iTunes and review and tell us what you think. Uh, you can also email us if you have comments for us that you'd like to to share with us or be read on the show. Picard at 5x5.tv is the email address to use. Picard at 5x5.tv. Keith is on Twitter, K-E-I-T-H-R-U-C-K-U. S. I'm so proud of you. That is where to go if you want to tweet him. Hattie is Hattie Bird, H A D D I E Bird. Mm-hmm. And I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. But if you wanted to be on the show, Picard at 5x5.tv is the place to send the email. And we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. And we'll see y'all next week. And that's this week, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Next week is it's this week. It's not next week. It's this week. Right. And did you say we're recording? On Thursday of this on, week, we have on to Thursday. record because you're, show Thursday. you're going to. Can you say what you're going to go do? Is it people? Or will care? people follow oh, you? I don't think the people that this is a because there's people. This is a secret too. I'm going to Orlando okay. to go to Star Wars World. Yeah, but it's a secret for the people we're going with. But they don't listen to the podcast. No so screw even, them. They don't even know what a podcast is. Yeah, that well a pod. But if you want to hang out with me this weekend, I'll be at Star Wars World. Come All Galaxy's right. Edge. Yeah. Come find so we're going to be recording. On Thursday, Thursday instead of on Friday. Once and instead of Monday. And instead of Monday, because which is the well, ideal day to do it. Because the, the option is either do it before I fly out on Friday or when I come back on Monday. So, right. so three days from Thursday. Now. And, so, and see you in three days. I feel like if, since the title of the episode was Absolute Candor, we have to have Absolute Candor. We didn't have our Earl Grey tea this time. No, we didn't. We We're didn't. all kinds of a mess. We have the tea. There, Keith, st- we, we are well stocked with Keith is Keith's Earl Grey tea. <laughs> Keith we is. just were out of uh, cups. cups to use. We I'm going to bring a sleeve of cups next okay. time. We're all going to I'm going to get us like travel mugs with like Starfleet and Sydney. Yeah, I feel on like it. that would be good. Yeah. I'm going to get us something nice. Like if that. not for Thursday, then the next show. Okay. Yeah. Well, have, have a good three days. <laughs> See you soon. See you in three days. Bye.